The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my Go Squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast live. We are live as always on YouTube and over on Facebook. If you're out there in the live chat and you have a question for myself or our guest, Go ahead and use that. If you're out there, go ahead and say something, first of all, because we don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. If you're watching and replay or listening in podcast form and you have any questions and all that, utilize the comment section below so you can let us know that you were there listening and all of that. If you want to call in, yes, you can call in or text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates with Aegis Gun Care. That phone number is 530-364-4678. If you're a veteran, really anybody, obviously, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that dark hole and you can't find your way out, you're questioning whether there's light out there, first of all, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I can't give you medical advice, but I can be a pretty good ear to listen to. But if you are looking for someone to get you in the, the right direction with some medical help, please Remember two things. One, you're not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. And as always, we are spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title of the United States Marine, please visit the website marines.com. We've got a special guest tonight, and she is um, pretty big time into the uh, long range, and she's transitioned into the ELR, which is the extreme long range, and she hit a, a two-mile shot a few months back. We're really happy to have her. Uh, Ray, thank you for coming on, and um, uh, I want to kind of start out by kind of giving you a chance to introduce yourself and kind of tell people your background and maybe how you got started into the uh, – in the long range precision game. So I got started kind of interesting where I didn't have any family members or friends that shot, um, but I was always interested in firearms. Uh, and then I kind of waited for like a mentor or somebody, but just never found one. So I just went out to the local, um, you know, gun store and just bought one off the shelf. Um, they talked me into getting a 308. I wanted a 338 Lapua, but they told me how expensive the ammo was. So I was like, no, I still want it. I want to shoot really, really long. <laughs> but this is before I knew anything, you know, because I, I have no knowledge about firearms whatsoever. Um, and then I, you know, took their advice. I picked up a Remington 700 and 308, <laughs> and that started my journey. Um, I was also introduced to um, a gentleman next door who made custom bolt guns. Um, And it was called Spartan Precision. And Mm -hmm. he showed me his rifles, and I was like, oh, wow, these are really nice. Uh, How much are these? And he set a price, (laughs) and I was like, (gasps) I mean, for a person who 
is new into precision rifle or new into shooting, just the sticker shock is is crazy. Even a magazine, it was like, this is $80 just for this little piece, that, you know? like. And now that I've been doing it, you're like, oh, this scope's only 3000 It's so cheap. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, yeah, my price is all different now. Yeah, and, and that's the crazy thing is I think that that's one of the things that most people don't quite realize is guns themselves, just in general, it, it's a pricey hobby. When you start talking about competition, whether it's pistol or long range or three gun or whatever it is, once you start getting in and you start competing, if you want to compete with everyone there is going to be your bar has to raise, and that's just the way it is. And, you know, um, it's, it's, it's tough. It is, yeah, unfortunately. Well, what, I, what I've noticed is I was very fortunate to actually run into the gentleman next door. So he took me out, and he was my mentor. And he's like, well, let's go to the range. Let's shoot your Remington. And then I told him, like, hey, I really want to learn how to reload. Will you teach me? Um, so he did. And he let me use his products at his shop before I got my stuff, my, my setup. So that was really, really awesome. Um, you know, thanks, Mark. I thought that was uh, very nice of you. And I still always remember everything he taught me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then one time, like, and when I first started, I didn't realize why people reloaded. My, I, my assumption was for cost. Like, oh, it's cheaper yeah. to reload. No. <laughs> Sucker, no. Some, some calibers, maybe, yes. but not so much. <laughs> well, I'm talking about precision rifle. You yeah. know, if you want precision, you got to have like the top notch stuff, you know, like even calipers or this or scales, like prices. Or a $200 tool. <laughs> <laughs> or a oh, yeah, $200 little bitty tool. Yeah. Like little timer thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah you got to okay. love that. You know, what is great, though, is, you know, whether you're shooting pistol or rifle or whatever competition, and I'm sure you had the same experiences, when you are starting out, most of the people that are on the circuits are so warm, welcoming, hey, use my gun, check out my gear, you know, I'll bring my backup gun, you can kind of test mine versus yours and, and all that, yeah. and that's really cool things. I think a lot of people are intimidated that they they don't have the right stuff or they don't. They can't compete right away. Well, the biggest thing is, is you probably can't, but that doesn't mean you should stop. Go ahead and go. And these people will show you the right things to do, what not to do. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about uh, competition shooting, sports shooting. And, and uh, that probably helps you say, you know what, I am going to do this. Because if people weren't like that, you might have gone to your first match and said, I'm done, you know. One thing that uh, Tyler from Max Ordnance told me before I competed in my first PRS match, mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I got to practice, you know, and he says, you will never be ready. You just got to do it. Well, after you learn safety and how to, like, you know, dial your perks and stuff. Um, but, sure. right, 100%. You can never train for what you encounter in a match. You know, because you're, yep. you have to perform at that that minute, that second, 
you know, you can't wait for the wind to die down or, you know, you can't wait for the rain to stop. You know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it adds a layer of uh, complexity to it. Yeah, I think a lot of the, the, the issues also when you're talking about not being ready or always training, you're always searching for that next level is just the competitive side of it. It's called competitive shooting for a reason. But yeah. I think that the great thing about it is, is most of them, whether it's IDPA, USPSA, you know, NRL, PRS, they have different divisions. And you're if you, like if you want to take this rifle right here it's a production rifle well i'm only going to be technically con- competing against other people that are having production rifles or you go to a tactical series where it's only 308 or 223 or you go to a rim fire whatever you have there is someone or something out there for you to compete and you don't have to go up against a guy that's got a $25,000 rifle if you don't want to which i think is great it's, it's very welcoming to a lot of new shooters um, so when, when you said earlier that you had no, like zero firearm experience before you kind of got into this, what was it that kind of turned you want to say that, man, I actually think I might want to do this rifle thing or, or do competition or just buy a rifle in general, what force or what kind of pushed you to go buy that Remington 700? Well, I was always into firearms. Like I, I grew up on action movies. You know, like I, I love him. I wanted to be a spy when I, when I was a little. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so naturally I liked it, but you know, kind of growing up as a girl, it's kind of like, you're like, oh, you're kind of weird, you know, whatever. You know, this, I like what I like. I like what I like. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, at first I actually thought I like, I was going to get into pistol. Um, so my name is actually nine millimeter dolls. <laughs> But uh, oh, okay, I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I went time with one of my coworkers, and he had a, a a rifle, and I shot it, and I was like, done. <laughs> Just one yeah. time. Uh, yeah. Same thing when I got that Red Seven Hundred. Um, I shot, and I'm like, oh wow, like I don't know, but I got a really good gun, like right, like from the factory. It was just like quarter minute, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I asked for Christmas, like my brother's like, what do you want? And I'm like, I want ammo. <laughs> Bring it. So yeah. Got, ammo. <laughs> yeah. Ammo. And it was, you know, just not like, I don't know, military surplus or something like that, you know? And sure. then I shot I'm like, Oh, I suck at shooting now. Like, look at my groups. They're just so big. Uh, and then my mentor, Mark, he's all like, no, right. Put your reloads back in and shoot. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I, sh- I put the reloads back in and I'm like, oh, what a hurricane. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's when I realized why. People the difference. Like, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. difference between factory. Even, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I shoot Horty Match and it's really good factory ammo. Oh, yeah. But it's still factory ammo. You know, there is a difference between target ammo, match ammo, but then you go into reloads where you can literally go at a half grain here and really dial into what you want it or need it to be for your specific rifle. And so that's where I think that uh, it can get addictive. I haven't jumped into that uh, that trip of reloading yet, but uh, I know that I'm going to have to eventually. <laughs> yeah. 
I uh, fell into that rabbit hole and I'm burrowing in. Like I use like this new um, press is from Amp Annealing, um, and it's the mm-hmm. Amp Press, and it measures. You use your computer to measure like oh, how much wow. force it seats the bullet. It's pretty nerdy, and I am a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> <laughs> It, you know, I would I probably would. I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get into long range is the mathematical side. The mathematical yeah. side of long range is actually exciting for me. Other people are like, I'll just use my ballistic calculator. I will too, but I'm gonna also do it in my head to see if I can and stuff like that. That's that's kind of where I love doing the mathematical side, and I'm kind of more, strange more about power that. To you. I'll be like, yeah, no, I've realized the calculator's where it's at, but uh, you know the the. Uh, build up my dope card and I'm good to go. But yeah, it's just one of those where the mathematical side is fascinating to me, but uh, yeah, I learned real quickly in competition. No, I don't have time for that. So (laughs) Uh, my first uh, precision rifle class, we actually learned how to mill targets, you know, and like range estimate doing that. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really neat, you know, and that's, that's the fun side. Yeah. and, And that's one of those where, you know, and you might have to use it if you're in a match that has undetermined distances, you know, and, and you might have to figure out a way to get that done relatively quickly, you know, if you have to. But, yeah, it's into this interesting. Yeah, or your so there's a question from Dom out here, and he was talking about 338 Lapua. Uh, so what is your favorite scope for a 338? Um, I use the same scope for PRS, field matches, and ELR. Mm-hmm. Oh, do so, you really? Yeah, yeah, I know it's like kind of weird for people. You're like, what? What? It is weird, yeah. I'm like, I take it off my pararez, I put it on my ELR. Interesting. Well, with it, it's a five to twenty-five collis. I have for my ELR, I was using uh, Tremor three. Okay. But I just switched reticles, and I have not put it on yet to an AMR reticle. I have to, it's like a grid, but like, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do you like I me mean, visually? Do you like that better? Or is this something you're just chesting out uh, or have you made the turn? Yeah, the, the tremor three is more, it's not, how can I word this? <laughs> um, I don't need those big wind dots in ELR. Right. Right. You know, I need I need the space to see because I self spot, oh. you know, out there. Oh, you, oh, okay. So you're 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 looking for impacts yourself. You don't. I mean, I actually probably okay. have spotters, but you want to make sure that you're seeing it too, I guess, huh? Oh yeah, no, that's important. Like my uh, yeah. me and my spotters fight all the time because I'm like no. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, what's in so funny is <laughs> go ahead, ahead. self spot all the time. So I'm used mm-hmm. to it. You, know, da, 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 you move. And then so when I jumped into ELR, I do the same thing. And then, like, I'll gripe on people. And I'm like, well, why didn't you see that? You should have saw that. You shouldn't be dependent on your spotter. I mean, of course, they're there to help you. But you should also see it, too. You know, so. So when you started out, how long did you start PRS before um, you transitioned to the ELR game? Um. I started shooting long range in 2015. 
Okay. Uh, All right. and, yeah, and I just shot ELR last year, 2020. Nice. And okay. The reason why it took so long, I actually wanted to start ELR from the get-go, but I didn't even know what it was called, ELR. You know, yeah. what, I just want to shoot long. I want to shoot target far. <laughs> right. Um, but it's just difficult finding a rifle. You know, it costs a lot more money. Um, it takes a lot longer to get because the components are mm -hmm. just more rare. You know, it's like three away. I can just yeah. buy, buy it at Sports in the Warehouse, right. you know. Um, but for the ELR, it, it's and then what caliber to go with. And luckily, I, I knew JJ Rock because I've shot a match with them. A PRS match with them like a few years ago and I actually there was a cert on the table for one of their actions and I was going for that cert and I was practicing but Wes got right before me so I you know kind of didn't get it and then um, last year I moved to Arizona and I asked for a factory tour and you know, I'm like I'm gonna be here for the summer uh, and they're like you want to borrow a rifle for the summer and I'm like yes 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 thank you very much I would um, and like, I remember my friend Bonner, who I shoot PRS with, had an ELR match the next, that weekend. So I picked the rifle up Thursday and like John from JJ Rock, he's like, well, I got components if you want to, cause I told him about the match. I'm like, I want to go to the match. Here's some components. Here's a rifle. Here's a random scope. So everything was kind like, of part. I guess I'm <laughs> shooting this weekend then. Yeah. And you shot, is that, is that the first match? Is that when you shot and you hit two miles? Was that the very first match you shot ELR? Yeah. Yes. 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 Addicted. Done. <laughs> done. I was low developing at the match. I had a press, yeah. like, like, um, at that point. Thing and like everyone coming in because they didn't know me. They're like, who is this chick? And <laughs> I was wearing a dress. And oh. I was like, and uh, like my teammates, now my teammates, but they didn't know me at the time. They're like, this girl's going to blow herself up or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have the king of the two mile competition, but I guess you're the queen of the two mile, right? Like, does that make you no, the queen of the two mile? No. Oh. The target three out of five times. Did she really? Nice. Yes, yes, yes. So what what caliber for ELR have you kind of settled? Are you still testing different calibers, or have you kind of settled in on a caliber that you like? Um. So let's talk about me wanting to get into ELR, right? So before sure. I got ELR, I, this has been like a few years in the works. Um, I would ask like Robert Brantley, and I would ask a lot of questions to Paul Phillips, you know, because he's mm -hmm. like badass ELR shooter. Um, they're both king of, you know, the two miles and everything. Right. Uh, and so I'm like, hey, I want to get into ELR. What caliber should I shoot? And um, he's like, oh, you should go for a 375 tag. I'm like, oh, okay. It's a little bit smaller than what you shoot. Uh, but you recommend it. But then I was like, no, I want to go bigger, go home. I want to shoot what you shoot. I want to shoot what the king shoots, you know? Like, oh, I want to be just like you. You're cool. <laughs> Um, yeah. so I ended up that rifle from JJ Rock and it was a 375. Okay. And hitting that two mile, like at my first competition, I was like, my God, okay. done. You know what? Yeah. Why, why do I need to look anywhere else? Let's go with this. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you are 
right? You you knew a lot more than I did, you know, and you were trying to like rain down some knowledge and I was just being that little kid and saying, No, I want to see something else. <laughs> So now that you've gotten into the ELR game and all that, I mean, I know that you've been doing about a year. Like, what are your, I'm sure you're probably like me and like others, you have, you set goals for yourself. What are your short term and maybe long term goals for the ELR game for yourself? Um, I want to go to different countries. Even better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So. We'll see with the, the travel restrictions. You know, yeah, and I'm sure those will start lightening up eventually. They've got to, right? They've got to. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see, but that's been like going, even attending the King of Two Mile has been on my bucket list, and I just did it, and I'm like, I feel super cool. Okay, you know? check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my next one is like I want to compete in different countries. Yeah. You know, so and, and it's kind of cool that, you know, five years ago you get started in this journey. And did you ever think five years ago that you'd be where you are now, much less looking at shooting internationally and all of that? Or is this something that you just thought would be fun? Yeah, no, I, this, was, this was a hobby. This was a side yeah. gig. You know, like I, I it's like. Crazy! I'm like, like one of those like addicted kind of you know like uh, mm-hmm. I don't know it's it's, it's uh, consumed my life you know so um, back when I first started shooting precision I worked uh, a normal job like I worked in like the biomedical field mm-hmm. and then on the weekends I bartend I'm a bartending money with my play money that means it's my guest money ammo money. Like I say, uh, I, I feel embarrassed to say this, but I think the first year I got into precision rifle, I spent probably like 30 to 40 K. Yeah. And, and you can do that and you can do that quickly, quickly. Yeah. So I was just like, Oh, Okay. You know, this either this needs to start paying for itself or you know, that's when you start thinking about I'd really like to get that new scope. I gotta figure out a way to win that thing somehow, you know? <laughs> but but you know what? Like I've met people they're like, Oh, I need a scope for every rifle I have. I'm like, No, you don't. I just have right. spur and I just play musical scopes. Or and, and same thing with a bipod. I have one or two bipods and I just move it. Like I'm not shooting three rifles at one time. I can move my bipod. You know, it's just a clamp. Right. Ding, ding, done. You know. So I mean, it doesn't <laughs> have to cost that much. I don't think. Andrew's like thirty to forty k. What? <laughs> well, it gets expensive. It's. I understand. I'm the same way. You know, you. You yep. know, mama for her stuff. You know, like. <laughs> Mama likes toys, and she bought herself some toys. And that's the beautiful thing about it is, is you appreciate everything. Also, is like okay, and yeah. What, what's, the problem that I find is when you go to these competitions, and you're whether it's a pistol or rifle or whatever, and you start seeing other people's gear that they're running and all that, you're like, oh man, that's my next purchase. I know that I'm gonna, I'm, I'm I, that's my next one. You start seeing things, and, and they're spending your money for you almost. It's like don't bring that out. I don't want to see that anymore. 
But uh, yeah. yeah when you were starting, like, like when people are like, "Oh, look into this," and I'm like, "No, I ain't touching nope. that. I'm touching that because I know I like it and I'll like obsess over it and I'll like I'll get it." <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Um, when you were first starting out, and there's a lot of people out there um, that, I, that I know in this chat are getting ready to start into this competition thing and all of that. When you were first starting out, can you remember some of the mistakes that you made that had you known then what you know now would have made your life easier? Okay, let me stop you right there. Everybody still makes mistakes. Yes. We never get out of it. I know. We never get out. <laughs> yep. No, I hear you. It's one of those where, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get a story for that one too. But yeah, go ahead. Um, what are some of the big ones that you see? Not only you, you made, but when you see newer shoes out there, that are the pretty consistent first timer mistakes out there. Shooting the wrong target. Yeah. You know. Well. Um, seeing a target or not knowing where the targets are when you're down there or moving to the wrong one. You know, um, I, I see a lot like during d- different matches too, like more and more field matches because the targets are harder to find. Like they'll see, they'll find a target, they'll lace it and then they'll lose it again and they'll have to like find it again. Um, but once they get down, they don't know where it's at. So, you know, with my, my markers, I go from high to low because when you're down there, I'm like, okay, from that mountaintop, I go straight down and there's my target. But if you pick something from low to high, when you're down there, you might not see it. So Right. So. Yeah, finding landmarks beside the target is might be an easier way, especially in the field matches. You say, okay, see that clump of trees. Okay, so target three is to the right of that clump. You know, finding a landmark that you know you can see because you might not see a little – silhouette target at 600 yards but you can see that clump of trees out there yeah yeah um i've seen people have the wrong rifle on their like kestrel or ballistic calculator you know mm. you're like oh i didn't change it from 223 to 65 they're like oh <laughs> a little different right? yeah you might not want to hold 6.4 mils on that you know <laughs> yeah but like the more and more you shoot you're like this that's not right. Sense. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That yeah. I've seen people like uh, not update their atmospherics, like when they go to different yeah. environments. That makes a huge difference too. Well, depending on what you're shooting, you know, and how small the targets are. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, um, a lot of the things that I when I talk to people and all that, one of them is, and I thought it was the greatest piece of advice is for newcomers to sit there and say, well, if it's an eight-round stage in 90 seconds, you know, don't try to shoot eight rounds off because you're going to you're gonna try to rush everything and you might hit one or two times. Cut that in half and say, my goal to start with is four rounds, but I want to get four hits. And if you've got time, then you try to squeeze off a couple other ones. Yes, that's great advice. Great advice. Yeah, and, and I think that, that slows people down um, to the fact that, oh, man, I've got to get eight shots in 90 seconds. Well, you'll get that rhythm, and you'll get to that point to where that's easier for you. But starting out, maybe starting out, hey, look, I'm not here to win. I'm not, I'm not going to win this thing right now. But I want to try to get as many hits as I can. 
cut those in half, and then the next match you say, okay, instead of four, I'm going to go for five per stage or whatever. And I think eventually you kind of find your own rhythm. But I think that that was one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard was whatever the stage is, cut it in half and try to get all hits. I'm like, that's brilliant. So I thought that was really, really good. It's good advice, but it's really hard to listen to that. Yeah, especially if you're in a good rhythm and all that, you know, like because there are some stages that you might be able to get six or seven shots off just because it's you don't have to move as much or the targets are right there or whatever. And then you sit there and say, well, I've got seven on that one, so I'm, I'm fine. And then you get to the stage, you're like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done try to get seven or eight shots off because it was bad. Um, now, G-Web's out there wants to know, do all long range events have similar rules or is it? part of the challenge learning and adjusting to different rules uh rules uh i would let's, say like different stages. yeah let's start with like the yeah different stages i mean i, I think i think we're, oh. i'm assuming what he's meaning is is um is it going to be a similar um Format. Similar stages or courses of fire or, you know, do some allow you not to wear eye protection or make someone make you wear eye protection? You know, maybe some of those rules that you found. You've probably shot a lot of different PRS, NRL, ELR. You probably they all have their own little rules, right? Yeah, and, 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 and it's like the match directors. Like, of course, there's safety rules throughout, which you should yeah. always follow the safety rules. Um, oh, okay. What he was saying is, is always bullseye, or they have time limits, tie limits, or uh, some don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's like time limits. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, like 120 seconds or 90 seconds, um, and then you'll have, or sometimes they'll limit you on. Okay, you get <clears throat> only a bipod, or you have to shoot offhand, you know, or um, you get offhand in a sling, and or one bag. So or one bag, then, yep. yeah, and then you get creative. You're like, oh, well, you didn't say I couldn't use this. So that's gaming it. Yeah, and, 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 they, and they people, they build loopholes into those. They're they're meaning for you to do that. They just don't know if, if you don't catch it, that's on you, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sometimes, like, when people get too creative, it it hurts them in the end, too. You're like, oh, you could have just shot this this way, and you would have got all the hits. But you try to be too fancy. And yeah. you waste time, which I, I do that. I do that. <laughs> well, I think I think everyone uh, does that, and no matter what kind of sporting uh, sports shooting you're involved in, is you start doing better, and you start getting a little cocky, and you want to start looking good and all that. And it's like, okay, remember how you got to where you are, and it's that old keep it simple, stupid thing. Just just keep it simple and and do what you. But I think that's just that's just natural. Everyone wants to kind of do better and do more, but it's like, okay. Uh, I was up in Missouri this weekend and was watching some of the, the best ones up there. And the guy that's number one, you could tell, like, I, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know that he was number one in their series up there. Um, but when he shot, everything was just, the rhythm was just perfect. His movements were very efficient. Fluid. There was nothing special. It was just Perfect. And I said, man, that's pretty smooth. He goes, that's why he's number one. And I asked him, I said, you know, he goes, I don't, I found something that works for me. And until I see something else that might work better, why change? He says, so this is working for me. It might not work for that guy, 
but it works for me. And I was like, there you go. He keeping it simple. But yeah, there's a difference. That's right. But you can tell me until that rhythm, when you start getting, you see someone in a good rhythm and it is fun to watch because it's just, it's, it's just smooth. Everything's smooth. So yeah. Um, I've got a couple questions up here. Uh, and we're going to, this will be a, another topic that we're going to get into, um, about, bringing more women and have you seen in the five years that you have you seen more women get involved um they're seeing a bunch of saying congrats and hitting two miles had two miles is a big deal guys a mile's a big deal but two miles you're in you're in uh you're in rare air as far as the percentage of shooters that can hit at two miles that's pretty awesome uh but new york outcast says has she considered helping other women, and I'm sure you have. Um, but let's kind of talk about, before we get into being a mentor and all of that, when you when you first started, were, did you see a lot of other women involved in the competitions there, or were you kind of usually the only one that matches? No. Uh, there's always been, like, at least, like, like one or two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. um, and it's gone a lot more. Uh, nowadays it's gotten more popular um, and there's a lot more youths that come too, which I freaking yeah. love watching the youth uh, to do yeah. that. Uh, I think a real good competition uh, to start off with is, um, have you ever heard of the Guardian Long Range? The what now? The Guardian Long Range. I haven't, no. Um, it is a series and like the first day you kind of do an individual match, right? This, well, okay. they're normal. And the second day you get paired up with the opposite placing person. So they mentor like the new people and, and, you know, then you get matched up. So, and it is a team event and it's a lot of fun and you get to learn and you get to like look at different gear, um, work with new different people. Uh, and then there's a lot of like youths that come to that. Uh, they also, I believe, sponsor a youth at each match. They give them like to let them use the rifle and the ammo and everything like that. Uh, and everything that you know, all the things that you pay, you know, the, the match fee goes to mm-hmm. help kids find forever homes. Like, awesome. Or, like, oh, just yes. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Helping and like, and then the prize table, like if you do the raffle or, or, you know, donate or something like that, it all goes back into the community that you guys shot in. Yeah. That, that local, like where you are, that, that, I love that. So you were saying like the opposite. So like the guy, the person, let's, let's say you're in first place after day one, you're going to be paired with the last place. Is that what you're saying? Awesome. I like that. That is great. And, and it's, and it's like a very friendly place. You can like, um, get corrections like to the youths and everybody like everyone's there to have a good time. You know, everyone's there to have a good time and, and to help each other and just out shooting. And I, I love it. Yeah. Now G webs out there says it's a nonprofit organization that uses our passion for precision shooting in a weekend competition format to impact the lives of children in need and he put the website out there so yeah that's great people go check out uh, especially if you're getting into it that'd be a great one if you, there's one in your area go support it go shooting that and, and enjoy I think that'd be awesome he put the Instagram out there as well um, 
So going back to kind of being a mentor, I'm sure you are, whether you planned on it or not, you're at least a role model for a lot of these, especially the younger girls probably. Um, what's the hardest part about kind of being that mentor? Do you, do you try to help them or you just try to set a, a good example or is it a little bit of both or what's the, what's the main thing that you're trying to do to be a mentor? Well, I help everybody. It's not just specific kids. You know. and, yeah. And, and I think the main part where I help people is like my background is like, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. I didn't grow up doing this. Like I liked it. So I went and I sought out training. I practiced, I read books, you know, I sought out expert advice, you know, messed up a lot of times, <laughs> experiences, <laughs> and then learned from that. And they can do it too. So you, you don't have to like been shooting like since you were a little kid. Like you can get into it in your fifties, your sixties, you know, or if you're like 12, you can get into it. Yeah. Um, G G wants to know, is there a, a favorite place for range shooting or do you prefer? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? It... Hello? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. Okay. Um, I like. Uh, is he asking about like going just to go shoot at the range? Yeah, I think like do you do you prefer shooting on a range or kind of an open field or mountains or whatever, or just going to like a straight flat target range? Uh, it depends how lazy I am. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It's kind of like camping. You got a car camping on backpack. You know, you get the, the backpacking, you get the benefits of like beautiful scenery. It's like you get to see cool stuff that no one like rarely sees. But car camping, you just load everything in your car and you'll be like, I'm going to shoot from the back of my car. <laughs> load up and go home. Pull off the side of the road and hey, let's go. <laughs> I mean, like, do I have to set up targets? You know, it just depends on how much time I have. You know, like, I am. Uh, a member at this local range where you rent bays and it's really nice um, that I can just drive up, have my private bay, set up my gun, drive to pretty much close to the platform and shoot. Right. Uh, but where I really like to shoot is I love field matches. Like I like hiking with my stuff, going out and just shooting like on rocks, like in mountains, like, Oh, it's just, it's beautiful. You know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. I was up in Missouri. the uh, The range I was at in Missouri this past weekend, and it's a range, but it's a it's it's a big field mountainside, and yeah. went out to about twelve hundred yards. Um, but it's it's just beautiful. He's out and just kind of kind of going up that side of the mountain. And it was just it was a beautiful setting, and it was a range, but it was a beautiful setting. Because you're getting a little bit of everything. You're getting the range set up, but then you have the beauty of just being out there on this, you know, thousand acre ranch that they just throw some steel up and say, let's come shoot. It was beautiful. It really was really pretty. Yeah. I love that. And it, oh, I also have to say, like, it depends on what I'm doing. Like, if I'm gathering data, I don't want a lot of mountains and yeah. crosswinds and stuff like that. I just want, like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. Okay, I see a berm. I know exactly where I'm doing. 
you know, so it, right. it does depend on. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to go up here and there was a, another good question that I saw. Um, okay. That was from G webs. So he says, I've seen people hit the wrong target on purpose to help people qualify. Um, do you know, I mean, you people to qualify. I don't, I don't know what that is. Is that something you run into? I don't think that's part of long range. That's yeah. I don't, I don't know about, yeah, that didn't sound like I really know. But, I mean, um, unless you're talking about paper, like maybe yeah. I don't, do that. I don't know anything about it. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't heard of that. Um, let's see. I'm trying to go it, back up like, here. A class of interest, I wouldn't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, military. Oh, okay. You just want military to want people qualifying. Okay, so yeah, I guess when we were qualifying, we had targets in, in the pits and all that. And I guess if there was someone next to me that might not be a good shot, hey, I'm going to take a shot. I've already qualified. I've already got, you know, what I need. I'm going to shoot over here and hit his target for him. Maybe he'll qualify. I'm not saying that happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, yeah, exactly. What happens on the in the range stays on the range, you know. <laughs> um, right, right, right. Hey, if you can't prove it that it never happened, right? You know, um, it is what it is. Military. I, I wasn't in the military. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was so funny because when I was in the Marines, we qualified. At two, three, and five hundred yards without optics, you're using iron sights at five hundred yards, and that was interesting because um, I never shot before joining the Marine Corps, so this yeah. was new to me. And you're like five hundred yards, and like I can't even see down there. They're like, yeah, you'll you'll be able to see. I'm like, no, I can't see that far. So it's what it is, but yeah. Um, Let's see here. So Buck out there, this is a buddy of mine, and uh, he went to Missouri with me, and he's getting ready to uh, jump in, getting himself a 6.5 Creed um, rifle and start competing. But he said, before the matches start, do you have do, do a lot of the matches give you time to practice at all? Are you able to maybe zero in, or you need to go in the day before for that, or what? Yeah, yeah. So usually – Usually the matches are two days, like Saturday, Sunday, and then you come in on Friday where you check in. You check in, okay. you um, can confirm zero. Some of the matches, they'll have targets you can shoot out to, like confirm dope. You won't be able right. to shoot targets that you're shooting at the match, but right. in areas will have you, will have steel out for you to do that. Or yeah. prop. At least, it's, hey, here's there's one at 200, 400, 600 steel up there. Give you an idea of what you're getting ready to start shooting or whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you'll get like the matchbook that day. After you're done. Um, Sean wants to know out there, uh, what's more popular, 6 Creed or 6 Dasher? Um, the ones that I've been seeing, I'll let you into this as well. The ones that I've been seeing a lot are either 6 Dasher or 6 GT are the ones that a lot of people are shooting. Um, but what, what are you seeing out there as far as in the six millimeter? Is it Creedmoor or Dasher or GT has been more popular? 
Uh, honestly, I like kind of stepped back from PRS a little bit this year, so yeah. I don't know what hotness is, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, the six BRA is pretty popular. Dasher, the GT. I still shoot. I just went back to six XC. You know, six Creed okay. was really nice to get ammo. Oh, yeah. Well, and normally you can find ammo for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot easier to get match ammo for that you know yeah i would say i would say that maybe this the creedmoor is probably very popular maybe like the newer shooters but they probably maybe go into the dash or the gt eventually maybe when they start reloading reloading or something i would say uh i'd say creedmoor yeah it's more of a personal thing i guess but i think creedmoor if you're gonna do factory ammo is probably the way to go i guess yeah i'm actually uh building a (laughs) Six five Creedmoor again. I'm going back in the day. That's what you know? this is, yeah. Uh, I am. Do you have you heard of the Hunter matches? Oh yeah, NRL. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not only do I do ELR, I do um, NRL Hunter, and I do all the competition dynamics except for like Sniper Adventure Challenge because I'm not crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then ELR, and then um, PRS. Like I fill in like. The open weekend Dates, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but the hunter match, you have to have a power factor. So, like, pretty much the smallest caliber you go with is like the six five. You know, so right. I, uh, got top lady at the Grand Slam uh, this year uh, nice. for the hunter match, and I won a, a proof certificate. So I ordered a six five proof barrel for my impact. So I'm going to run that this year. Nice. You're going to run that um, in in just specific matches or, you know? Uh, The hunter matches. Just the hunter matches, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have, so I use actually the same action. I have one action. Okay. You know, an impact action, right? But I'll use it for a different style of matches, like, when I need to go to a hunter match, I'll just screw in my carbon fiber barrel, my 6.5. And when I go to, you know, like a PRS or another match, I can, you know, put on my, I have a 6 Creedmoor barrel and I also have a 6 BRA barrel. It just depends on how much ammo I have at the time. Right. But I just. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Sean White wants to know what's the best magnification range, three to eighteen or five to twenty-five. That's a personal preference. Like honestly, like I've never. Yeah. I usually. Well, the funny thing is, I think a lot of people sit there and say that they're not. They're going to run everything in the most. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I just lag, run everything. Full power. Yeah. So it's. Not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people, they think you're going to run it at 25 or you're going to run it at 18. Uh, I think, you know, 12 to 16 is kind of, I think, where that sweet spot is. So you can see uh, impacts and all of that. But I think most people, I mean, if, if, the only time that I, I will probably end up running my 25 power is when I'm zeroing. That's probably the only time I'll ever run it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when I do it too. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, G says, is is using one receiver a cost issue or an accuracy issue? Would love, would you have separate rifle 
fools if it if cost was no issue. Uh, I'll re- put that up on the screen. That too, because I travel. So he's basically asking, since you only use the one action, is that a cost? Hello? So if you okay, would you have separate? Okay. Would you have separate rifles? I think there's a lag. I'm I, sorry. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Yeah, I do have separate rifles. I have two two main comp guns for like these matches. But um, since I travel a lot and I use like this summer, I borrowed a lot of rifles um, because I didn't have the correct rifle on me. So this season when I, you know, next season when I travel, I'll just have one rifle and a bunch of barrels and call it right. day. But that's a me problem, not, not a you guys no, problem. Yeah. You know, a bit of a nomad. Um, but if I had all the money in the world, no, I'd have all the rifles. I wouldn't have to change anything. <laughs> you'd have a trailer hooked up and you'd have a, a crew that would just take your trailer for you. Yeah. Like I would just pick up and, and shoot and not have to deal with like, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Oh no! No, I, I've got, I've got a guy that does that for me. Hey, I want the six instead of the six five. Set it up for me. Bring it out to me. Yes, ma'am. I got you. I'm actually trying to build a um, put a vice <laughs> on my tow hitch right now, so I can. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Change barrels on the go, and then put a press up there. You know, you never know when you have a if hand you had. Okay. This is true. This is true. If you had to guesstimate, and maybe not this year or last year because with the travel and the weirdness that's been happening, but prior to the cough cough, how many how, how many miles do you think you traveled? Just a guesstimate a year to shoot. Is oh, there wow. any way to calculate that? <laughs> yeah. I ain't trying to do that. Uh, right. I, I do a mixture of flying and driving. Okay, so you don't drive everywhere, yeah? No, and then sometimes I'll drive to like a certain spot, and then I'll go with my teammates, and they drive to another spot, you know, or I'll fly sure. in to them and, and then meet up. I'll practice one day and then drive out to another another spot, you know. So it's not like I'm doing. So this is. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, do you have any uh, abnormal tips to help struggling people trying to improve? So maybe they're new shooters and they're trying to get better. Is there something that you could give like a tip? To, and I know it's kind of weird without knowing what their problem is, but um, what are some of the weirder tips that you've given out? <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe we can't say them on air. I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay, so a newer shooter, when you get behind the rifle for the first time, it's awkward. It's super awkward to be actually straight behind the rifle. Like, for a new shooter, being straight behind the rifle feels like you are not straight. It feels like you're, like, contorted somehow. And then what feels normal, you're super. But Your legs you know, are off. Yeah, mm-hmm. take a picture. Building yourself, and then like mm. that's a really good way. That's why you always see me like have a GoPro or something, or uh, put it on there, just because I can review it later. And you're like, girl, why do you do that? That's why that happened. You know, like you can critique yourself. You're gonna be like, oh, I thought I did this, but in reality, I I messed up on this. This is why. So you kind of analyze what you 
how you perform and not just yeah. I don't know, wishful thinking like I, I did everything right. No, you probably did it. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's a good tip, I guess, like to video yourself doing, you know, shooting. Uh, yeah, thing, I, I video everything anyway, so uh, that, that you know, using it for film study is uh, is a good way as well. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, thing I tell people is when you put the rifle down, right? Split the difference with your knees, and then mm. get down, because then you'll be straight behind the rifle. You know, so that's pretty easy uh, to do and that actually people like you're like oh that makes a lot of sense you know like, yeah. it does it does and you're, you're kind of just getting that center base to begin with so um, I think a lot of people lay down and then kind of crawl up to the rifle and like okay I need to get mm, you know I see a lot of people do the, the old rifle crawl up to the gun you're like what are you doing you know and they're like oh I'm laying down I'm getting up to the gun it's like hold on you know Another way, uh, like when you're like moving, like at a match, right? And you're moving from stage to stage, like I'll look at my, my next target and I'll be walking, you know? <laughs> and then I st I'm still looking at that target like it owes me money, you know? And once I put my rifle down, I point my barrel towards that rifle. So once I get down, it's right there, you know? Right. So there you go. Yep. Um, let's see here. Okay. People out there want to know, do you drive a truck? <laughs> what's your What's your vehicle of choice on the road? Is it a pickup or I SUV or car? Car, because I it gets great gas mileage. <laughs> and when you travel that much, you've got to get good gas mileage. Yeah. Unless you've yeah. got a sponsor who's paying for your gas, then you can go get what you want. But, you know. Yeah, no, I have a baby car. I don't drive <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> uh, we've got, we, we do some polls that are kind of fun questions. We'll kind of do this before we close up, but we uh, people love the poll questions. We put three polls out every week, every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday morning at 10 o'clock. So I'm going to ask you some of these. Um, this one has 707 votes. But it is, what is your favorite dipping sauce? Your favorite dipping sauce. And the, the options for this poll are mayo and ketchup combined, honey mustard, barbecue sauce, ranch, or other. Uh, I guess overall, like anything to dip in, probably ranch. Yeah, you know, whether it's like chicken or, you know, something like that, something like chicken nuggets or something like that, you know, you're, you kind of have your favorite dipping sauce for fries or chicken or whatever. I, I tend to probably get ranch, but I love all of those. But, it, you know, like, yeah. again, it would depend on what. Well, like yesterday, I yeah, made uh, potato like aioli, and it was delicious. Yeah. Uh, with. It's kind of a close one with seven hundred over seven hundred votes. Barbecue sauce gets twenty nine percent, ranch at twenty seven, honey mustard at twelve, mayo and ketchup at twelve, um, others and all that. Yeah, so uh, barbecue sauce kind of got that one. The uh, the second question, 
Yeah, barbecue sauce, like barely over ranch. It was like ranch and barbecue sauce and then everything else. But yeah, who's was close. I thought ranch would mm. be like number one. Dang. Ranch to me is, there are people that don't eat salads at all. But if they eat yeah. salad, they're using ranch. You know, I mean, that's just, it's kind of like that universal sauce that everyone kind of seems to like. And I, I was surprised that barbecue sauce was number one, but um, I, the people have spoken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was another food one, kind of. What's your favorite meal? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, or late night snack? Dinner. I don't eat breakfast. Dinner. Yeah, I don't eat breakfast, but I will say this. I love breakfast food, but I typically eat them at night. <laughs> I love I love going to like Denny's or IHOPs or Waffle House at like at late at night. Oh, it's nothing better than eating eggs and all that at ten o'clock at night. It's awesome. Love it. I freaking made uh, chicken waffles the other day. But not chicken and waffles, chicken waffles, yeah. where I pounded the chicken really thin and I put it in batter and I smushed it in the freaking waffle iron and it came out really good. It was so good. Okay, so in that situation, that sounds wonderful, actually. Yes, um, it was good. Try it. Did you use syrup? What did you use yeah. on top of it? Well, I, I in the batter, in the, pan, uh, the waffle batter, I added some like spices, like some like cayenne, some garlic powder, some black pepper, you know. So it was like a spicy chicken, and then that sauce and. Oh, you're killing me! You're killing me! Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to. You're killing me. Yeah, I suck at it, but I like it. I like I like it. I'm just not very good. My wife, she's one of those where she can go into like a the closet and pick out like seven things and like come up with this wonderful thing. And I was like, I can't do that, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into it and I've gotten a lot better, but I'm the guy that has to have, I can make anything. If you give me like the directions and the recipe, yeah. she never uses a recipe. She's like, Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. Hey, how'd you make that? I have no idea. She's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, that tastes great. I'm like, but you don't know how you made it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, what it is i love it uh let's see here the the people have spoken almost 800 votes dinner is their favorite meal at 48 percent breakfast at 34 percent late night snack at nine and lunch at eight percent um Uh, yeah i don't eat breakfast so i don't get i don't get the breakfast things i don't eat breakfast you know Um, oh, I got a good question right here. <clears throat> uh, New York Outcast says, "In the shooting world, I'm assuming you're in the shooting world. Who do you look up? Um, who does she look up to in the spot? I'm just saying, who do you? I guess who do you look up to, or who's who was one of your big mentors while you were kind of coming up? Oh, uh, you know what? Like I. I trained with Max Ordnit, right? Yeah, I don't know if you know. They're from SoCal. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Tyler Hughes, you know, was my instructor. And I looked up to him because he, he was really good. And every match, I would try to beat him in one stage, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that actually really helped me because, I, of course, I can't beat him in a whole match, you know, right from the beginning. But I could beat him every once in a while during a stage. And it improved my game, you know? So I looked up to him with that. And I'm also like, 
everybody else, I learned so much from this community, even just by watching them shoot, you know? Like I remember I was at a, a field match and I was watching Curtis Winter um, shoot offhand, you know? And yeah. he was just so graceful. You know, and I was like, I want to be like him. And then I started practicing, like, my transitions and everything. And I'm like, oh, he's doing pretty good. Another person I thought was uh, awesome to watch was Terry Cross. Like, he it just, he shot like he was just walking in the park. Like, because he's done it so many times. He, it was so easy, yeah. you know. Like, oh, dude. I want to I wanna be like a Sunday stroll like you do when I shoot. You know, I haven't got there yet, but one day I will. Well, and that's that's what keeps us going. Is you, you have, once again, we have goals. We have ideas that we want to accomplish and all that. When you're, it might be different now. Now, but especially when you're starting out and you start meeting a lot of people, when you signed up for a match, whether it's through practice school or whatever, would you try to go and squat up with certain people or you just kind of let them in? Some people say, I want to go and squat up with that person because I'm going to try to beat them today or whatever. Did you ever do that? Or did yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Can you hear me? It, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, when I traveled with the MOA team, we would kind of squad with our friends because it's fun, you know, and you're kind of like all at the same level and everything. And then you kind of talk a little, you know, stuff. (laughs) You have your own competitions within your own teammates and who's going to buy dinner tonight, you know? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's the most important is who's buying dinner, you know, and he is, you got to eat and whoever comes in last, you're buying dinner, man. Sorry. <laughs> that's what we used to do. Cause they are doing so well and they should share. Well, you could, you could, you could do it that way. But for us, it was all whoever came in last. We're going to add insult to your injury. Since you had such a bad day, you're buying dinner. So none of us wanted to come in last. It kind of pushed us. Maybe it's, it's either going to be a free night of food or a $200 night of food. So it was one of those things where we were trying to do well. <laughs> anyway, so the last um, the last question that we're going to go with is how do you store? We're going to talk factory ammo at this point. Okay. So if you're storing factory ammo, like boxes of ammo, do you keep it in a safe? Do you stack it on a shelf or do you just throw it loose in an ammo can? You know, how, how do you store your ammo? Uh, in the back of a car rolling around. <laughs> no, that's true. No, okay. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. If, if I'm at home, I stack it in like my closet. You just stack it up. I don't put it in a safe. Yeah, I've got, I, for me, it's basically wherever I can find room. Let's be honest. I can find, here's a space over here, some space over there. I'm just going to throw some boxes wherever I, use I can. I find room, and that's where we're going to go. I've, I've got a, you know, this is kind of an extra bedroom. But yeah, I've got a dresser drawer. With ammo in it, I've got claw. You know, it's just wherever you can find it. You gotta find room. You gotta do it. You know. Uh, 
So, okay, I guess there's a storm rolling through here. I guess that's why maybe Internet's it's getting ready to um, Anyway, so I want to kind of talk a few minutes about maybe, you know, your goals for the next coming years or whatever, but more importantly, uh, promote. Like, I know you were on social media over on Instagram. You've got Facebook. You've got YouTube. Um, kind of talk about some of the stuff that you're going to be doing with social media, if, if anything. Um, I know you're, you're really big on your reloading stuff over on the YouTube side. So I think people, if they're into reloading, you might be able to help for 2022. You're going to get back into PRS or NRL or you're going to do it all, but your plans for 2022 uh, right now. 2022, I am actually, even now, I am going to come out with more like little videos, little clips of just hmm. showing people what items are because coming into it you don't like because i know i remember like first getting into it you're like well what does that do like you know so i just want to show people like this is a die or this is like you know a cartridge and this is what you do with it you know if you want to learn more at least you have the base knowledge of what it's called and what it you know does and then you can go look up some more experts to, you know, see how to do it. Like Scott Satterley is like awesome. You know, he's got a lot of videos out on reloading six, five guys, um, got great content. Uh, so it's just yep. like, I just want to kind of introduce people to things that we use. I know that you, uh, you're kind of a self-proclaimed, um, reloading junkie now is that's kind of a, a passion of yours if you'd say maybe it's even an obsession isn't it oh yeah <laughs> the reloading thing is is a thing uh for a lot of people and like something that i'll probably have to start getting into um but yeah is that something that for for the beginner would you say that reloading is the way to go or to start out maybe with matt chamo Oh, like, don't reload and shoot match ammo. Yeah, like, when you very first start, you know, competing and all that, do you think people should start out shooting match ammo until they kind of figure out recipes or talk to other people, or do they just go ahead and start reloading from the beginning? That's a loaded question. Uh, literally, yeah, literally, well, yeah. <laughs> does the person know how to shoot? You know, like, right, are they... Yeah. Or are they like figuring out how to shoot and, and are they introducing more variables because they don't know if it's them or it's their ammo that they loaded? This is true. That, that's a great point. Um, I would say that most people that I've talked to said that, you know, and I can tell you this from the pistol side. I can't tell you my experience is limited um, with rifle competition with pistol. We always told kind of people start out with factory uh, because you know that factory for the most part, especially if you're doing a power factor, uh, IDPA does most factory is going to be relatively consistent. And until you learn how to reload, you know, just because you reload doesn't mean you're doing it right. <laughs> and you might, you might not get consistent loads and all that. So it's hard to do that unless you've got someone that can really mentor you and how to do it properly and have the equipment to do it properly because you can really just waste money if you don't. Right. Exactly. And there's a lot of things with reloading and you have to be like super careful 
Like when I reload, I don't do anything else. Like I just focus on that because if you miss something, like you blow yourself up, you blow your gun up, you right. know, like, so, um, no smoking, no smoking in the uh, area of where you're reloading either. <laughs> yeah. That, that explosions are real and they can hurt. <laughs> like powders when it's in the, the tube so you know what it is right um and i keep my pistol powder in a different section than my rifle powder okay that's, i was going to ask you on that uh do you all of your reloading do you keep do you have a special like room for rifle reloading and a special another area for pistol or is it all in the same area uh no it's all in the same area well i hang my because i have um I use this inline product, like quick detach. So like when I'm done with the press, I'll hang it on the wall. Um, so like I only one thing at a time. But recently, I've been sh I want to shoot more pistols, so I have a dedicated station just for pistol. And I only I use the Dylan just for pistol, but all my rifle I use single stage. I use my Frank okay, personal. Okay. Press. Gotcha. Uh, G23 says he, he, I think he's getting into it or already into reloading. He says he'd love to talk to you more about reloading. Yeah, I know she's got some reloading videos on her on your YouTube, and I think you do stuff on Instagram. I mean, you've got a lot of, I would say the majority of your videos that you put out are, are reloading videos, are they not? Well, I mean, because, like, it's so much of your time. Like, people just say, oh, you shoot. And I'm like, yeah, but I shoot for, like, five minutes. But then three days of reloading. You're right. <laughs> they say that reloading can get very addicting. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, you can tune your loads to your rifle, to that barrel, you know? Right. And once you see well, the difference, it, you're like, yeah. So when you're going to a match, let's say you've got a match next, not this weekend, but let's say in 10 days, that, that weekend, how far out in advance are you loading your, your match ammo? I don't know. A lot of guys go maybe like less than a week or so. Okay. My issue is I'm always on the go because I'm usually at a match every weekend. Like I'm running from match to match to match. And sometimes right. I'll load like the day before I go like till three, two o'clock in the morning. And they're like, okay, finally, and then go. Um, Whereas like ELR, I've done it in the hotel room, you know, I've actually load developed at the match, you know, but I can do it. It's only like 15 rounds, I mean, 30 rounds, you know, depending on what right. it is. Um, but yeah, fresh ammo is the best ammo. Yeah. So that's interesting. You bring up like, you know, a, a PRS match or NRL, you're talking usually eight to 10 stages, 80 to a hundred rounds. So for ELR, you're talking about maybe 25, 30 rounds or so. Is, is that how many stages are typically in an you know, ELR match? Probably like, like four, like you, you, you like, okay. So for PRS, right. I'll load like 250 rounds. Right. ELR, I'll load like 50, you know? Right. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Like, like, PRS, I'll use, you know, uh, like a, the trickler, you know, uh, ELR, I hand load, like with a spoon, because I'm always traveling. 
There you go. Well, and you got to be, when you're talking about components for ELR ammo, it's a lot pricier than it is for your six. You know, you're getting 375 Shy Tech is going to be, you know, was it maybe double the price of, of a six millimeter? <laughs> you're sweet, aren't you? I'm trying. <laughs> uh, it, it's quite, quite expensive. I, I forgot what. I mean, I guess it depends on what components you use, but if you, like, use new components, it could cost yeah. up to $7 a round. Yeah. Or more, depending on... Depending on what you're using, yeah. You know, what kind of brass you're using and everything else, sure, yeah. But when did you buy your stuff? Right. So let me ask you this. In your typical, and I don't want to kind of get into anything like this, but just for the people out there that might not know, in your, in your 375, let's say, and you're you're loading for that. How many how many reloads can you typically get out of brass in that in that caliber? Um, I haven't maxed it out yet, and I'm on like my fifth. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Yeah, but I don't run mine hot. You know, I have like a mild load. I want to say barrel life and brass. Barrel life brass, and I guess also the softer load, you'll be able to see the trails a little bit easier, possibly. Also, that might help with impacts and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, but mostly barrel life. Yeah, yeah. How many shots that, that barrel do you think you're gonna probably get out of that? Do you think? Oh, it's it's retired. Oh, it's already retired. Yeah, it's retired. I have like a lot of rounds on it, and then the next season I want to start with a new barrel. Yeah. Um, I have over like probably. 1200 1400 oh wow they'll shoot great but i'm not going to let it die during a match you know so no, well, yeah will you utilize that for like a trainer or something like that possibly down the road yeah the barrel and then i'll use that just to like mess around because it still shoots really well i actually keep all my barrels i have this collection of barrels like i don't know what i'm gonna do with them but i'll eventually do something with them uh yeah I'm very sentimental. Um, now I'm not going to get into recipes and load data. That's 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 not what we're going to get into. But when you are working on load data, how many about a ladder? If you do like a ladder shoot, like how many will you try before you go and say this recipe is not good? You mean the components? Like, yeah, like the, the load. The, I'm not gonna. I don't, I don't want. I don't want your load data, but your your actual load data. Like, how many will you use before you say, "I don't like this recipe. Let's let's try something else. Let's change grains a little bit." I mean, do you shoot one, two, or three, or do you have a whole slew of them that you shoot before you kind of settle in on a recipe? You have a load development. Yeah, you, yeah. you change like the grains and you change and so I'll change like the grains you know get you know look at my SDs which is yep. standard deviation um I'll look at you know my group size I will like look at my neck tension I will look at um how I want to jump that means like how how far the bullet travels or if I'm jamming you know it, it just really depends on uh the caliber and that particular barrel so that's why you're kind of tweaking stuff like one recipe will work for this barrel that I have. But the next barrel I, I put on, it could be the exact 
same thing. I got a Bartland barrel, same twist, same friggin' gunsmith, and it could like something else. So right. G twenty three out there wants to know: Do you use Starline brass? I do not. I use uh, Peterson cartridge brass, okay. and okay. it's amazing. Like the three seventy five, like it's like the easiest brass you can load for. Like I got just virgin brass, prime it, and I freaking loaded it. My SDs were like a three, and I took Sean, my friend Sean, out to the range, and he has he had a shy attack that he never really shot because he just didn't know how to reload for it. I'm like, come on, let's go to range. I'm going to load at the range for you. Um, and I loaded and he shot a group one hole ES of two. Like, and we loaded it mm -hmm. in the back of the bourbon with this new virgin Peterson brass that we didn't do anything to. Like I didn't even mandrel it, you know, like, no. yeah, yeah. I am um, like that brass is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're coming up on the hour and a half, so I want to kind of give you a chance to maybe plug uh, any of your sponsors or any anyone that you or any organization or anything that you're trying to work with. I always give everybody a few minutes to kind of plug something that they want to talk about before we say goodbye. So I'm going to give you the floor for a few minutes and and tell people where they can find you if they want. Uh, more importantly, if you've got to shout out some people or some companies, this is the time to do it for sure. Um, you can see all the companies I work with, like on my Instagram page, which is nine dolls, but I want to take this time out to thank the companies who sponsor matches and it doesn't mean that they sponsor me. I yep. just, the company, I go out and like throw product on the price table because it really helps us shooters because this is a very expensive sport. You know, I picked up a lot of items that I use all the time and it's helped me get further in my shooting career just because I didn't have to spend all that money on the gear, you know, like, and I appreciate it. And you guys know who you are and we love you. Right. Yeah. And a lot of that comes down, no matter what competition, the, the, the sponsors that uh, give prizes away, the, the raffles, I mean, you know, people can walk away with firearms, with optics, with, I mean, they can literally walk away from a match with a whole new loadout after a season if you, if you are lucky enough to get those. And that's really awesome because once again, this is an expensive hobby, expensive sport. And for them to shell out and say, Hey, thank you for shooting. Thank you for doing this. We're going to give some product away. That means a great deal because for some people, the product's more important than anything else to try to win. Yeah, yeah. And I even I kind of like random stuff too. Like if there's a knife on the price table, I'll get it. I'll, I right, knife. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the funniest one is is we were, I was at a shoot in Texas a few years back. And it was a huge match, like 200 people. And, uh, you know, they have the raffle and you get your name called and you kind of come pick up whatever you want. And so people would come pick and they go find someone that, that bought that, that picked up the thing that they wanted and say, Hey, will you trade this at 20 bucks for that? I mean, it was, it was like a dirty sin. It was hilarious of how the, the raffle stuff works sometimes. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, I really appreciate it. It's awesome. Uh, I know it comes out of their pockets, but it, it really helps out. And it's a souvenir too. Like, 
I have this AR that I'm building, and it's been like six years in the process. It's like every match, I'll collect a little piece. Like I'm like, oh, I got a charging hand here. Oh, I got a butt stock here. Oh, I got like a hand guard here. You know, so I'm almost ready to build it. Like I almost got all pieces. That's awesome. Yeah, and that can get it. That can get addicting. Also, is building stuff. I mean, because you that that's that's a whole another rabbit hole to go down to. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a question earlier, earlier on the show, and it says, "Are do you plan on videoing any of your matches and putting them on YouTube channel of you shooting at different matches? Is that something you might be doing later on in the in the future?" Um, I have some videos on there of like me shooting some stages, like, but you don't really want to watch a whole match. It's boring. This is true. Um, yeah, doing two, doing two or three stages is kind of fun because you know it's only going to be five minutes, five minutes, ten minutes or something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll have, yeah, I do have videos out there of like some stages and stuff. But if you really want to watch somebody like shoot a stage, um, go to modern modern day sniper like Phil Vallejo. He put some great oh, videos. Mine, yeah, he does great stuff. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's all about that video. Like when I'm shooting, I'll be like, can't hold the camera. <laughs> yeah. So you got you got to hire a crew. They just follow you around with video cameras. You know, you got to be big time. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil's a really good guy. Actually, we both shot our, our first uh, PRS match in the same squad, same year. Uh, so it was, it was nice. But he was a scout sniper, so he's like been doing it for quite yeah. a while. Yeah, he's, the long-range game is not, not new to him. The competition side might be new, but the long-range game is not. Uh, yeah, G-Webs. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What is Nine Dolls from? Yeah, he he wasn't here when you were talking about it. It was Nine Millimeter Dolls, but um, he kind of wanted to know where the Nine Dolls came from. By the way, all of her social media links are in the description below, guys. So go ahead and, and check all those out. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, they're all there for you to click. But, uh, yeah, where the Nine yeah. Dolls come from? Nine Dolls. Well, I wanted to, like, make an apparel line for women shooters. So I was thinking of uh, a word for women and a word for, like, shooting. So I was thinking, like, dolls for women and then, like, Nine Millimeter because, you know, yeah, so that's how it uh, came about. See, you know, G. Webs is a good buddy of mine, and he he is anti nine millimeter, so we don't like him very much. But uh, he likes to make fun of nine millimeter shooters, and I don't understand that. But uh, I'm a but big he, nine mil guy. I barely shoot pistol. Like I'm all about rifles, and like my name is like a pistol name. It's just you know. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was pistol for so long. I just got into the the long range game recently, and. Because me, it was always about um, pistol and CQB stuff. That's kind of what my background is. So, um, yeah. but yeah, the long range game is addicting, man. I'm, I'm all in, and I'm loving it so far. Yeah, I'm now. See, we flip flop. I want to get into more pistol stuff. Yeah. Um, so I probably will come out with some more videos of that and be like, "This is what a new person shoots like crap." <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that could be for any discipline. Uh, new shooters are going to, uh, but we got so many new shooters out there, and especially in the last year, we have new so many new firearm owners, and that's what I want them to understand is is there is a whole other world of firearms they may not be aware of, and that's the competition side because 
when you're training for competition, you're just getting better at being more proficient to begin with. So I think that this is a side of the gun community they don't even know about, which I think they could really enjoy. Yeah. Well, when I first started, I, I didn't know if I wanted to compete. Like, I was like, oh, it sounds like I'm not really competitive. I guess I am. People tell, like, tell me I am, but I didn't think I was competitive. I'm like, I just want to go out and have fun and shoot. Like, I don't know if I want to do it. And then I, so I went out and tried one competition and it was a field match. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. It's like just chilling with like, like-minded individuals shooting, yep. hiking, shooting more. And it was like super relaxing. So that got me hooked. That's, that's the thing that I think most people are maybe scared of when they get into the competition side is, is how are people going to treat them? And I'm telling you, everyone needs to know that some of the nicest people in the world shoot competition because they're willing to let you use their, uh, their gear. If you don't have gear, I mean, they'll, they'll let you use ammo. It's just, people are so good. I think that that's a big misconception of, of competitive shooters is this, this kind of ego thing. There's really not everyone wants new people to come out there because that's how the sport's going to grow is just getting new shooters out there. Yeah, most definitely. And it, it is very intimidating for a new shooter. Like when I went, like I didn't, know anything i just showed up i'm like hi i'm here to shoot <laughs> i didn't know what a squad yeah. i didn't know anything i didn't and it was feeling like i didn't have a sling i didn't have slings so i just drug drug around my drive bag and everyone's like Dude. Right. i'm like i'm just gonna use what i brought it's okay you know i'll eventually get more equipment later you know same thing with elr when i started elr i didn't have an ammo case i loaded my ammo in a solo cup like and i brought it to <laughs> That is awesome. It is what it is, you know, and then eventually you'll get more stuff and you upgrade to a basket. And then eventually I got a really nice case from DNA Customs. But I started from like freaking like a Ziploc bag to a solo cop and to like some fabric bags and cardboard box. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And, and I'll tell you another thing that's intimidating is you go to, let's say you go to your first match and you see, guys running three thousand dollar you know binos and you're like oh I've, I've got these ones i got at walmart hey those work too bro you know you know don't let people and, and that's the great thing is people don't seem to shame much on your gear it's they'll tell you why maybe theirs could be better but there's no shame i think a lot of people get nervous about i don't want to show up with cheap stuff show up and just shoot and you'll learn yeah, why some of the better gear is better you know yeah, they'll respect you for showing up with that gear. You know, you came out with your stuff, you know, and that that's great. But, like, like sometimes with other gear, it, you know, with cheaper, more affordable gear, like, they have some issues. And, like, so a person who has experienced that, they'll be like, hey, you know, if you run into this problem, maybe it's not you, maybe it's this, you know. Yep. Okay, yeah. And, and that's reassuring also because if someone's shooting and they're struggling, it is sometimes nice to know, hey, it's not you. It is your equipment, and you can change that. You can make your equipment better. It's not you. You're not a bad shot. It's just you need to upgrade this or upgrade that, you know? Oh, man, I've, I've learned a lot of things. Like, handle your own gear because nobody cares as much as you do. Correct. Most yeah. definitely. 
Well, Ray, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, thanks for coming on, and we are really excited. If guys out there, make sure you go follow her on Instagram and 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 follow her on YouTube and Facebook and all that. She's especially if you're in the reloading thing. She is. She's got some really awesome videos for people out there that might be getting into it. And uh, what I like about it is, is uh, videos that I've watched of yours are they're not there to be scientifically, you know, they're not there to maybe talk above someone's intelligence. It's, Hey, we're just going to talk and here's why I do this and all that. So you make it real easy for people to to understand what you're talking about. I know that's what you're trying to do, but you do a very good job at it. Yeah. I try not to like say too much, like those kind of words that I'm like, oh, let's yeah, just talk. Yeah, yeah. This thingy over here, this doohickey. <laughs> yeah. It it does this and this thingamajig here. I'm not sure what it's called, but this is what this is, and here's what it does. And I think that there's a lot of people in that same boat is to like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but if you do this, you can do that. Okay. All right. Exactly. Yeah, and and that's that's great because I think there are people that are trying to be too scientific and too uppity up on some of their videos and they lose people like i don't even understand what he's saying so i'm not even going to listen to him so it's nice to know the people out there hey let's have a conversation while i reload and and i'll explain to what i'm doing and maybe you know we can learn something you know well then it gives them like you know more information to go out and look for more like maybe more a scientific freaking video you know sure yeah okay yeah. Um, G Webs wants to know: Are you going to be going to Shot Show, or have you gone to Shot Show before? Yeah, I go every year. I've gone. Every okay, good. It, yeah, it's awesome. It's my favorite week of the year. A lot of people don't like it. I absolutely love Shot Show. It's 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 just so fun. You get to see people you only get to see maybe once or twice a year sometimes, but just getting around the industry and see what's coming up and all of that. It's and for me this year is going to be different. Because I usually go for concealed carry and stuff like that, kind of find trucks for that. But now I'm going to go to SHOT Show with a new mindset of going to go visit some of the long-range companies and see what they've got out there, which is really fun for me. So I'm looking forward to this. Knock on wood, they have it. If they have it in any way, shape, or form, I'll be there. But, uh, yeah, I love SHOT Show. It's a great week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're – I don't know. Is it still going on? As of right now, I, I, I think it's going to happen. There might be some companies that pull out, but I don't think the NSSF can afford, honestly, to miss two years in a row. I mean, they people don't realize how much the NSSF does for our industry and community, and they're, the, major, the vast majority of their funding comes from SHOT Show. So I think that financially, I think they to, to uh, have SHOT Show this year. Someone's trying to call into the show, but I'm on my phone right now. I'm going to be able to take that. It's probably Pat. Pat always likes to call in, um, but I'm having issues with the internet with the the rain coming in, so I'm on my phone, so I can't bring the phone call in. Go ahead, Pat, and ask a question in the chat or email to me, and I'll make sure I get it to her, and maybe we get an answer for you. But um, if people are wanting to maybe reach out and maybe learn more from you, is there a way that people could do that? Uh, Usually people DM me, but I just want to give you guys a warning. I am traveling a lot, and uh, most of the times I'm at a range and I don't have service. Um, yeah. And then I get back, I'll get hundreds of messages and I'll be like, oh, you know, like, but I'm also busy. So, like, I'm sorry if I don't get back to you guys in a timely manner. You know, like, eh. It's busy, you know. 
come on, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, hey, you, I, I tell you the best way, guys, if you want to talk to her about some stuff, go find a match and shoot in it and then talk to her after the match is over. How about that? Go out and shoot, and that will be the best way to maybe get some time with her is to ask her some questions after the match is over. Trying to get people to go shoot more matches. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, thanks for coming on. I uh, really, really appreciate it. I know that everyone out here enjoyed it and all that. Guys, if you have any questions for Ray, uh, leave a comment below in the in chat or in the uh, podcast or arena or send me an email. And, and if there are questions that uh, I could get to her, I will. And maybe she can answer them uh, somehow, some way for you guys. But, uh, I really do appreciate you coming on. Good luck next year. Hopefully, we'll run into you at SHOT Show this year. Yeah, most definitely. I'll take you around to some of the long range. That's all I go to is the long range. Like, you need to, yeah, because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like a fish out of water, man, when I'm, when I'm going there. Like, you know, I shoot the long range, but when it comes down to doing all that, it's a whole new arena for me. And I've got a bunch of buddies that are big into it, um, and they're, they're kind of like laughing at me now, like, okay, so you are, uh, you're getting ready to jump in a different rabbit hole. I'm like, yep, I'm like, you're ready to, uh, go down a, a weird roll here, but uh, I'm loving it. But yeah, uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Like I said, if you, great, great chat out there. Thanks for all the questions. If you're watching and replay or listening in podcast form, once again, the conversation does not have to stop. Go ahead and utilize the comment section below. We'll get those questions answered as quickly as we can. But other than that, guys, uh, we do appreciate you coming on, Ray. And um, if there's anything that you want to um, kind of pass out to the knowledge before we before we leave, go ahead and let me know. Uh, Any know. words I've of wisdom? Why don't you? And, and collect all, right. all the primers. You can if you want to start reloading. Right, yeah, collect all the primers you can. Um, now, Pat just joined, and she he wanted to know who you're – what's that? But send me some, too, you know, like – Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Pat was wanting to know what got you into, inspired you to get into shooting. That was the very first question we asked Pat, so I'm going to ask you, so I don't to keep her on any longer, to go back to the beginning and watch that. But, uh, yeah, inspiration was she just kind of – fell into it, I guess, and really kind of got hooked right away, didn't you? Yeah, Terminator 2. Terminator 2. That's a great answer. That's a great <laughs> answer. I don't like about that. That's a great movie, first of all. But yet, I've never heard anyone say that Terminator 2 was the reason I got into shooting, but that is that is classic. I do have you know, one more question. They pulled that thing when they went down all the guns. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you want. That's you someday, right? I, I want to have. I want to have the bunker full of of guns. That's awesome. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> so one last question. We end this on. It's a funny one. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. I see. I there. We have a buddy. He's a chef, and he swears that a hot dog is a sandwich. I said, no. A hot dog is a hot dog. It's a whole separate category, just like a burger. I don't. I don't consider a burger a sandwich. It's a burger. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, like, they say tomatoes are fruits, but I'm like, consider it a vegetable, okay? Like, I don't care. They're Correct, yeah, that's right. That's right. What are your favorite uh, French fries? When you're on the road, what's your favorite French fry to grab? I don't eat 
Unless I do uh, mimic shakes. Ooh, the a Wendy's a Wendy's fry is not very good, but if you dip a Wendy's fry into a frosty, it's just a little bit of heaven. Just a little bit of heaven. Mm, you gotta try. If you haven't tried it, you're not living yet. Mm, that's, mm. For any French fry in a Wendy's, uh, Wendy's Frosties are, yeah, yeah. Anyways, all right, we can go down the rabbit hole with this, but we're gonna get, we're gonna get out of here, guys. Thank you so much for watching. We will uh, see you next week. Simplify. Bye, guys.